today about where our church is and, and where it's going and all the potential that comes along with that. I believe that this morning God wants to share a message with us and it, and it would simply say, this is who you are and I want you to put no limits on what I can do. I believe the specific instructions from our pastor over the last several weeks have been strategic as they could possibly be from, from the beginning when we started the fast to the last week when we said go. I believe in that. I believe that there's a mission that God is calling our church to, has anointed us for, and is preparing us for. And he's blessed us with an awesome pastor that would lead us and, and get on his knees and find directly and specifically what God is doing for us. And I believe that today I'm going to highlight kind of where we're at and maybe the state of the church in general. But I, there's just a few specific things that I want to share with you that go along with our go that I believe God wants to give us. And it's just simple little things that will help us not, not, not to encumber us, but to, but to push away the limits and be able to believe and be able to grow and be able to minister to more people. And I just want to share this with you today. And this Mark chapter 6 is, is very interesting. When I started into it, when I started reading it, things just jumped right at me, out at me right in order. And I'm just like, this is where we're at. This is what the church is, uh, the church of right now. And it starts out with this. Jesus comes into his hometown Nazareth, and he comes into his hometown, and he goes to the synagogue, probably something that he's pretty, pretty used to doing whenever he visits somewhere. He goes in the synagogue, and he teaches, and, you know, people get touched, and they get healed, and they get delivered. Well, he goes to his hometown, and I, I don't know if he was excited. He probably, maybe he was excited being a man. Maybe he was excited that, that he was like, okay, I'm going to to my home, I'm going to my place where I, my family is, and I know everybody. This is going to be great. I mean, maybe that's what he thought. But, but it's crazy that when he gets there, the people are like, wow. They're amazed by his teaching. They're amazed by the way he's talking. And then they get to talking about him. They get to thinking about him. And they're like, wait a second. That's Jesus. That's Mary's son. Yeah, I, I know his brother. Yeah, yeah. That's who that is. And they start to think and they start to talk and they're like, we know who this guy is. And they, they actually get to the point where they're offended and they're like, who does he think he is? Basically, they get to a point where they say, who does he think he is? And then it, and it comes down that, that Jesus can barely do any works. And he says this, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, in his own house. They didn't accept him necessarily as being the Messiah, the Son of God. Now, what I want to point out about this and, and where we start today is in some churches, and, and let me get this straight, when I say some churches, you know, we always say churches believe this way or churches act this way. The church is God's idea. I think it's maybe it's the people in the church that have certain ideas that mess things up, but but. The church, the church people of today, I believe, are a lot like this. Listen to this. It says, a prophet, without on, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and his own house. I feel like that sometimes, and, and maybe we've been there at times, that we are so used to this thing we call Christianity. 
We're so used to our, our life that we share with God that, that it becomes normal. We get so focused on other things, and, and sometimes it gets narrowed down to church attendance, a simple prayer, make sure you put, throw a little bit of money in the offering plates. It becomes a religious duties, and it, and it loses who Jesus really is. We lose the power of who he is in our life, and, and we turn it into kind of like a religious thing. And I believe that there's some truth found in here that if Jesus shows up at some churches, he would say the same thing he said about his family. And it, basically it was this. They were really familiar with him. They were really familiar with him. And they understood who he was, and that kind of made him not believe. And if we're not careful, at times, we've been that same way. We've been so religious, so to speak, that we kind of we lose it. And knowing Jesus is right here, we're like, oh yeah, Jesus is here, that's cool. And we don't believe like we should believe. Now I'm not saying, I talked about, you know, the state of our church. You know, I'm not saying that we're like that. And I'm not saying necessarily we're like that. But I can tell you this. Pastor, I believe 110% that where we were last year and where we are right now is completely different. I believe that through our fast and through our hunger for being authentic. I believe that the Lord has brought us from one place and he's taking us to another and we've come out of this thing and, and God is saying, go, go, go. And as the pastor said last week, it's awesome that, that, that he's not saying we've got to do a bunch of religious stuff or we've got to go back and start over again, but we're prepared and we're ready to go. We're ready to go. The funny thing is, when this part of the story ends, he gets done saying the thing about not being accepted and it says he immediately goes out in the villages around and starts to preach. You know what that says to me? It says this. He's kind of like, hey, if you don't want it, that's fine. I'm going to go somewhere where they do. And it, it would be an indictment against some people and, and, and some of us maybe at some time in our life that the Lord would look at us and be like, hey, I don't want to interrupt what you got going. But I'm going to go out there where they're hungry, where they want the message where they want to be touched, where they want freedom. And I believe that we're at a strategic place where the tide has turned and we're at a place where we are ready to go. We are ready to get out there and make a difference. And I want to show you that, that where we're going, if, if what I believe is true is right, I believe we're in for a major revival and God is going to do beautiful and wonderful things. In the name of Jesus, amen. The next part, we go on down. And this is kind of uh, back to where we started at. Jesus, it goes from the story where he goes out and preaches in the village. Then he brings the disciples together and two by two, he anoints them, sends them out with instruction, and he just says, go, go, go. And I, I want to read again real quick what he says. I'll, I'll just read chapter, or verse 10 and 11 where it's a direct quote. He says, and he said also unto them, in whatever place you enter a house, stay there and Till you depart, and who, where, and whoever will not receive you nor hear you, when you depart from there, shake the dust under your feet as a testimony against them. As surely I say unto you, it will be more tolerable in Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment for that city. It's it's awesome because what he's saying is go, and he gives just a little bit of instructions. He says go, and he, he gives just a few little things that he sends them out with. And the things that he sends them out with, like I said before, they're not cumbersome. They're not religious duties that bog us down and weigh us down, but they're just a few things 
that will set us free, that will set the gospel free so it can be shared, so they can be shared easily. And what I think is so awesome about that is he brings them together two by two. He anoints them and he sends them out. And it's just like where, where we're at. He says, go, go, go. And if you look at the instruction, the one thing that I've always thought of is like, man, he, he didn't tell them a whole lot. He just said, go, preach the gospel. Hey, don't take a lot of stuff with you. And preach the gospel wherever you go. And just bless them, love them, go out there. And I've always thought, man, he's not giving a lot of instruction. But I think it's that way strategically because the message is going to be preached. The message is going to get out without limits. There's three things specifically that I want to point out of the instructions that he gives them that I want us to keep in our hearts and our minds today. Some of this you've heard before. Some of it I believe is, is a new challenge for us today as a church where we're at right now. Mark chapter 6 verse 7 says, And he called the twelve together to himself and he began to send them out two by two, and gave them power over unclean spirits. And I think the, the reason why he did this is because he's so smart. God is so smart that he knows the value of unity. He knows the value of when you send somebody out to do this task, how important it is to pull people close and to have somebody by your side that you can depend on, that you can lean on, that you can talk and encourage and help strengthen. When one person's up, you can help encourage the other person and vice versa. I believe that he is instructing us to be unified, to be people that will take care of each other. The scripture mentions at one particular point, it says, out of the mouth of two witnesses, a word could be established. So when they went and as they preached, they had two people to back each other up, up on the word. They were able to encourage one another. They could hold one another accountable they could celebrate with them. I think it's important, and what Jesus was saying is, be unified, be unified. The work will get done when we're unified, when we're together, when we celebrate, when we take care of each other. It's awesome that, that, that the, almost the same things that he tells the disciples, he, t- he told them in the Great Commission, in the, in the first church in Acts, when it was being established, had the same characteristics that he was speaking of right here. He wanted us to be unified. He wants us to love and to care. He wants us to get out there and take the message. And then that night he wants us to call each other and say, man, you'll never believe what happened. Man, you'll never believe what happened. Or he wants us to call each other and say, man, I'm just discouraged. I've been talking to this guy or I've been praying for this person. And he wants us to encourage one another and help take care of each other to go and to go in unity. The second thing that that I believe he's saying to us here. Mark chapter 6, verse 8, he says, He commanded them to take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bag, no bread, no copper in their money belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. Often when we hear this scripture, it's usually preached about, you know, don't be so distracted with the world. Don't be so busy with, we, we kind of equate those two things, don't be bogged down with, life and in the world so much that we can't do the ministry and I echo that but I also believe that they would be more receptive when people saw them when they saw them coming they they wouldn't see their excess but they they would see them in their need they would see them as hey that person is human just like me then also I believe that 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 gave that that gave a touch to people's life because they seen the disciples you know, they didn't have money, they didn't have food, 
So they got, they got money, they got food, they had to depend on something. They depended on God, but they had to depend on something in their journey that would help them to have food. And I believe that God instructed them that way to also let people see that they're human. They're human just like I am, but there is a powerful God in their life. I believe that, he, that in this, he's instructing us as being today, as us going, that we'll be the best that we can be, that we'll be anointed, that we'll be blessed, that we'll not be all so focused on us and where we're at, but we'll live a beautiful, wonderful Christian life in front of everybody that, that we see and everybody that we know. That will look at us and say, you know what? I know them. I talk to them every day. They're just a regular person, but I'm telling you, they know God. God is alive. I see God in their life. I believe that he's instructing us this way, that, that we should be real, we should be human, that we can live an everyday life but be extraordinarily anointed, that we can have a connection with God that, that they can see. The third thing that I want to point out, and this is a, a, a little bit more deep, is he says this in Mark chapter 6, verse 10. It says, also he said to them, in whatever place you enter a house, stay there till you depart from that place. And whoever will not receive you nor hear you when you depart from there, shake off the dust under your feet as a testimony against them. Surely I say unto you, it will be more tolerable in Sodom and Gomorrah in that day of judgment than for that city. What he was saying there is, take the message. Take the message wherever you go. Take the message wherever you go. And if they don't accept it, hey, that's on them. But he's saying, take the message everywhere you go. And, and, and I want to speak to us about something that I think is pretty serious that, that, that maybe we don't mention a lot. I think there is inside of us, you know, we are like, okay, I'm a Christian, I'm supposed to take the message out there, I'm supposed to live the life, but I think there's times where we talk to ourselves, or maybe the, the enemy tries to give us a nudge, and he brings up some kind of, some kind of prejudice, so to speak, against a certain person. I know when we hear prejudice, we think automatically we go to race, but I'm not necessarily saying that that's what it is. Or that's not what it is. But, I, but I'm saying there's certain things inside of us that, that make us say, no, I'm not going to talk to that person. I'm not, going to be a, I'm not going to try to get close to that person. You know, I'm not going to share something with them. We say in our heads, yeah, they're not going to listen to me in any way. I've heard how they talk and I've seen how they act. But I think God is wanting us to get in our minds that the message needs to go out in, everywhere. And I know... That if we put the mic in your face and I said, you know, who needs the gospel? You know, you'd say everybody. I'm going to preach the gospel to everybody. But in reality, I believe that maybe it's a little different on the inside of us. I know there's times when I feel more comfortable to talk to somebody and, and less. And I know there's a right time for everything. And I'm not trying to say there isn't. But I know sometimes inside us we get it in our heads that, nah, they ain't going to listen. I ain't going to talk to them about it. And it might be a race thing. It, it might be the way they look or age or different things. And I know God is able to lead certain people in situations. But I believe in our life we would be amazed at who we could reach or whose life that we could touch if we just go with the message. If we just go with the message and look for a place to serve and a place to love and a place to care. 
I think, a long time. And, and maybe it's just because of church culture or whatever. I think we're really comfortable here, but when we get outside of here, you know, the enemy's staring us in the face. We have different things inside of us. And, man, we're just not as open to share as maybe we should be. But I believe God loves us. And I believe God loves every person that's out there. And there's a way that he wants to reach into their hearts and lives and touch them. And I, and, and I believe God is saying to us, hey, throw off some of the, the things that are holding you back. Throw off some of the, the ideas that you have in your head about certain people. I want to reach them. I want to touch them. And I believe that in every one of our lives, there's people around us that we could share the gospel with, share God's love, share an example with that maybe that we don't. And I want us to think about it and to really just take the gospel. And I believe that that through that, that sharing the gospel, it kind of opens up another area that I want to share with you. It is simply this. If we're going to get out there and share the gospel and, and, and be a disciple and be a witness, that there has to be an alive relationship inside of us that's anointed, that's blessed by God, that's bubbling over inside of us and active. It kind of is an echo of our authenticity, that we need this relationship that's alive because that's where we can talk to somebody that, that maybe we don't have a connection or we get an opportunity that, that would seem almost impossible in that moment and in those times. That's where the anointing and where God uses us to speak into somebody's life, to touch somebody, to speak to somebody. I remember one time, me and, me, and my, me and my friend Micah that goes here, a long time ago we got it in our heads to go out on the street and witness, you know, and I don't even know if we knew what we were doing, but we took Oasis cards and we hit Burger King down here where they used to have, uh, people would cruise and hang out at night and get run off by the police. We were crazy. I don't, if our parents knew we were doing that, they would have lost their minds. But I remember one time, we were walking by McDonald's on Braille, and I just said, hey, man, let's sit down here, and let's just see what happens. I had a little Bible about this big in my, my pocket. I pulled it out, start reading, and I was sitting at the bus stop. These guys come whipping in with a car, and they got out, and neither one of them had shirts on. They were like, hey, and they asked us if we have drugs. I forget what he said specifically. But I whipped out that Bible. I said, no, but I got some Holy Ghost. And the guy was like, yeah, man, because he thought that meant something else. And then he seen the Bible, and he's like, whoa, whoa, man, I'm Catholic. And they jumped in the car and blazed off. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's crazy. But, but that situation, that situation is a situation that we all need to be in, that God can anoint us for and fill our hearts to overflowing with a wonderful relationship that people can see us and see us that we're real and be touched and be blessed. And, and, and like I said, it's just, just simple instructions that I believe that God sent those two by two out with and that we need to go with. Jesus, I believe he made it simple. I want to talk about the result. Mark chapter 6 verse 12 says, So they went out and preached that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil that were sick and they healed them. The work happened. The work happened. But I want to share this with you going on to Mark chapter 6, verse 14 through 16. Listen to what this says, and I'm going to wrap this up. We're running out of time. 
It says, now King Herod heard, the, heard of him, meaning Jesus, for his name had become well known. His name had become well known. The church, the people, they started talking. They started sharing. They, everywhere they went, the, the, Jesus was the hot topic that was on everybody's, on everybody's lips. It said his name had become well known, and he said, John the Baptist is risen from the dead. Therefore, these powers are in him. Others said it's Elijah, and others said it's a prophet or like one of the prophets. But Herod heard and said, this is John whom I beheaded and has been raised from the dead. What I want you to see from this is that there was such a move of God that this man attributed it from somebody who had to come back from the dead. There was such a move that, that it was so miraculous that it had to be some kind of supernatural power and forces from outside this world. He thought it was, was John the Baptist. But it was, it was Jesus. It was a move. And God, God's message spread like wildfire. And hearts and lives were touched so much that it went right to the highest ranks. That everybody knew what was going on. The message has gotten out. And people were being touched. And people were being healed. People were de being delivered by this, this power, this anointing. And I believe if, if I could look ahead of our go, that's what I see. I believe last week when 20-some people got saved in our service, that's a result of the go. That's a result that shows us where we're going as a church. And I'm, I'm ready to go and to not stop, to throw off any kind of limits that I would put on the gospel and be, get out there and make a difference. And I believe that's where he's calling our church to. And if you look at that, I kind of, as I was reading it, I felt like the Lord was directing me in a sense. That's what the enemy has always tried to do. He's always tried to cut the head off of the message, cut the head off of ministry, hold us back, get us distracted, put us in a place. But if you see, the message always comes forward. God's always raising up a people and anointing us and using people. And I believe that that's what he's doing with us today. I'm in. I want you to be all in, that we don't find some kind of distraction. We don't, we don't limit things and get all off track. I want us to go forward and be anointed to be used to be unified, to live the greatest Christian life that we can in this world, and to share the message everywhere we go. I want us to do that. If you would stand with me. I've shared this several times with, with different groups here lately. But, but in a sense... I want you to get in your own heart and your own mind. Remember, I, I asked you to be thinking about God's love at the beginning and how he's able to love and how far his love is able to stretch into our hearts and our lives. He knows us better than we know ourselves. With that in mind, with him in mind, I want us to look again at the needs of our life, those that need salvation, our future. I think it's time for us to start dreaming again, not in the not in a weird sense, but begin to think about what the possibilities are of what God wants to do in our own lives, how he wants to use us and the difference he wants to make around us. I think it's time for us to start thinking about that again and not just let it be a thought or, oh yeah, that's cool, but something we begin to pray about, something we begin to live out and say, yes, God, I believe that you want my family to be healed. I believe that you want people to be saved. God, I believe that you want to touch people's lives all around me. 
I think it needs to be a matter of a heart where we're, where we're stirred again with faith and ready to share and ready to love and ready to just see what God's going to do. I want that to be our challenge today. With every head bowed and every eye closed. The Bible talks very clearly about how humanity fell into sin through Adam and Eve. And, and, and sin is where we all end up in disobedience, lost, of, uh, completely 100% a victim of our own choices. We should be, be in a life of torment and punishment and hell. That's where we should be. But God loves us. God loves us. He extended a hand towards us when Jesus came to this world, when he lived and he died on the cross and paid a price for our sins. He did that so we could have freedom, that we could have life again, that we could have his love and experience him. Today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just simply ask, is there anybody here that would, that's in a place where you say, you know what? I want to accept Jesus into my life. His love, his sacrifice, I want to be cleansed from my sins, and I want to know what a life is like with God. That's you. I'd ask you real quick to raise your hand. Just say, yeah, I want to pray. Is there anybody here this morning? Anybody at all? Amen. Amen. That's awesome. You can raise your heads. We have a, a house full of people that are, that are ready to go. I want you to just pray, pray with me and pray about these things that I've shared. Let's go out of here with, with no limits, nothing holding back. But saying, God, here I am. I want to be anointed. I want to be used. If you will pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, today we're making a commitment, Lord, to you that we're going to be your voice. We're going to be your hands. We're going to be so faithful, Lord. We're going to extend and go out and, into our community and our family and friends. And God, we're going to share you. God, we're going to love. We're going to be unified. God, we're going, to, we're going to throw off any kind of distractions that may be coming from this world. And God, we're going to focus on being yours and being the best yours that we can be. And God, we're going to be anointed. We're going to be touched. We're going to have a real relationship with you and, and throw off any limitations, God, that would keep us from sharing the message with somebody. God, I pray that you would anoint us, begin to stir a dream inside of us, a thought inside of us of what the possibilities are, what you want to do. God, I pray that you would challenge us today, that we would go from here and look at the gospel wide open, ready to share and ready to bless. Lord, be with us today. Be with us in the next service. And God, watch over us throughout the afternoon, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Enjoy your day. Come.